You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Reds baseball today with Reds reporter Mark Sheldon on this palindromic Wednesday. Yes, it is 6-1-1-6, the first day of June. And, uh, Mark, I'm, I'm kind of a nerd for uh, such things, palindromes, such as they are. Is there a kind of a baseball stat or something related to baseball that you're kind of a nerd for, perhaps? Gosh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Maybe a dirty little secret about me is that I'm really bad at math and numbers. And I know in this world of baseball and statistics and especially advanced metrics, you know, we're all supposed to be math geniuses, and I have never been a math lead. I uh, came close to flunking math a couple times in college, and uh, just thankfully that I, we have computers and uh, baseball reference, MLB.com and whatnot, to provide these numbers for me. Otherwise, I'd be a loss to Paul and to Paul Weed. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of the same way because I think uh, those websites and resources make us feel a lot smarter than most of us are. So thank goodness for all of those. And uh, unfortunately, Mark, the baseball reference numbers on last night's game for the Reds are uh, rather ugly. We kind of have to start there, don't we, as we talk about the 17-4 to loss to the Rockies at Coors Field. And uh, it was the first time John Moscott was on the mound in a Reds uniform since April 27th. Uh, good to see him, but the good vibes did not last very long as he gave up uh, five runs in the first, including a leadoff home run. Only went two innings as the Reds again bludgeoned by the Rockies 17-4. to And, you know, Mark, hindsight's always 20-20, but you look at the circumstances of last night's game, you've got a guy in John Moscott who's still young, and I'm thinking that his first start in over a month, there's got to be some nerves there. He's taken on a very good offensive team in the thin air of Coors Field in Colorado. Was it just kind of a perfect storm of disaster last night for Moscott? I'm not going to make the excuses about the, the whole coming back from an injury and not pitching lately and being here for his first time. I mean, he needed to do better, and he knows it. it, it he, he did not do a very good job of keeping the ball down. He kept the ball over the plate. And that's when the perfect storm kicks in. I mean, a lot of pitchers do pitch here and, and are successful, or at least can limit some of the home runs that he allowed. So uh, he, he definitely looked uh, forlorn, if maybe is the right word, after the game. And, uh, you know, he's got some work to do. I mean, he threw six scoreless innings, 81 pitches for Louisville. His last rehab start was really hoping to take that with him up here to the big leagues. And it just didn't happen. Yeah, very tough start for him, and as you said, he was coming off that great start uh, in AAA, and of course, it's a world of difference between any level of the minor leagues and the major leagues, but still, he did have something to build on and could not carry that over into a disastrous outing last night, not just for him, but for anybody who threw a baseball from the mound last night in a red uniform as they fall uh, by 13 runs, and the Rockies set a franchise record by hitting uh, not one, not two, but seven home runs, uh, just a game that you would rather forget. And, you know, Mark, when you play 162 games, there's going to be nights like this no matter who you are, what team you play for, how good or how bad you may be. It's just the law of averages over the course of a long season. At the same time, though, if this happens to a more successful team, I think they can let it roll off their backs and say, you know what, that's baseball. It's one night. It's one game. It happens. But when you're having the kind of season that the Reds are currently mired in, is that a realistic option to kind of let it roll off your back, or does a loss like this kind of stick to your bones a little more? I'll tell you what, it's hard to say at this point. They've had so many losses in so many different fashions, and, you know, they're, they're all starting to hurt a 
little bit more. It's just kind of like, you know, they all said it was going to be a rebuilding year. You knew that there were going to be losses, but I think that nothing really prepared the fans and maybe to some extent some of the players for just how hard this is to, to live through it when they're actually playing and losing and losing badly. But I would say in some ways losing 17-4 to and getting blown out probably isn't as painful as, you know, taking a lead into the ninth inning like some of the bullpen uh, guys have done this year and, and blowing a game that way. I think that might stick a little longer. This is the kind of game where you do you literally do have to move on and just go on to the next day. Yeah, that's a good point. I think this thing was uh, pretty much for all intents and purposes over by the third inning when they were down, I believe, 7 nothing or maybe 8 nothing. But like you said, you take a, you take a lead into the eighth or the ninth when, when uh, leads and wins are so hard to come by. Those are the ones that really stick with you more than, say, the blowout losses such as the fashion that we had on uh, Tuesday night. Mark, you wrote on the website about uh, GM Walt Jockety and the possibility or perhaps even likelihood at this point that the team's remaining veteran stars are going to be on the trading block as the deadline approaches. Guys like Jay Bruce, Joey Votto, Brandon Phillips, to name a couple, and Jockety simply responded to that query by saying, you know, not yet when asked about if other teams are on the phone contacting him. So first of all, do you believe him when you say that he's not fielding calls yet? And second of all, is it beneficial for someone in a position such as Walt Jockety to be kind of tight-lipped in these situations uh, just for the sake and the well-being of his players right now? Well, I will say he's almost generally always tight-lipped. He doesn't really share a lot when it comes to what he's planning or what he's thinking. As for whether he's actually fielding calls or not, I guess there's always a, way, a semantic that maybe he's not fielding the calls, but GM Dick Williams is fielding the calls. You never know. Um, but I would definitely say that with uh, getting into the trade deadline silly season, which is almost here, uh, the two guys that really stand out the most are Zach Cozart and Jay Bruce. Uh, they seem to be the most tradable players because they have the con- kind of contracts that can be moved. One is a uh, in his last guaranteed year, that's Bruce. He's got an option for 2017, and Zach Cozart is a year uh, plus away from free agency. He can't be a free agent until after uh, 2017. So, And both of them, they're playing really well. Zach Cozart especially well. He's, uh, you, know, you notice now he's fifth in the all-star balloting. I don't think his value can get any higher at this point. I think it would behoove them at least to entertain offers, whether they come or not soon, I don't know. Uh, but I would be very stunned if both of these players are here by the All-Star break. Do you think that the Blue Jays uh, perhaps uh, revisit, re-entertain the deal for Bruce that fell through during spring training, or is that ship sailed? I guess it all depends on how the the executives in those negotiations felt after the trade fell through, if there was hard feelings or they didn't really – I don't know. I haven't heard about any hard feelings, but if there was any kind of – stink raised about what happened with the the medicals of the one mystery player that we never heard about – I don't know. I guess, as always, it has to be a match, and the Reds have to like what they're getting in return. I will say that, they, you know, before they may have been more compelled to, to put more money into the deal uh, to, to move Bruce because he was coming off two lousy years. Well, maybe they may not have to do that right now because he's playing much better, and there's obviously less money to pick up with his you know contract almost near the end. Well, Mark, I think one guy that is most certainly not on the trading block right now is a guy that if you ask the average baseball fan – who led the major leagues in home runs in the month of May? They might make 100 guesses before they come to Adam Duvall. No disrespect to Duvall, but he has really emerged, and he's not a guy that, you know, comes screaming to the to your lips. as a guy that, you know, would be in that group of power guys that would lead the majors in home runs. He led the National League 
tied for the major league lead with uh, Chris Davis. Not Baltimore's Chris Davis, but Oakland's Chris Davis, uh, rather surprisingly. Has this emergence of Duvall's been uh, somewhat unexpected, or has this potential always been there for him? Well, it's it's unexpected in the sense that he's never done it in the major leagues, but in the minor leagues, he's, he's had a history of hitting a lot of home runs. He hit 35 last year, 30 in AAA, 5 in the majors. Uh, you know, he got, he got acquired because of his power potential, but he also had a lot of strikeouts. He hit some home runs. I think he had you know, 30 home runs earlier in his, in his minor league career. So he's always had the power, but he's just never had the consistency. And what we're seeing now is a little bit more of the consistency. He's been very impressive. It's not just that he's uh, hitting home runs, but he's hitting the ball hard almost every time he, he makes contact. Uh, his last two home runs that he hit here at Coors Field have been to the other way. Uh and it's it's been it's been impressive. Uh, he's he's definitely doing well. And and the other thing that it's really been an eye opener is his defense. He's not really been a left fielder for very long, and he's put a lot of effort into becoming a left fielder. He's naturally a corner uh, infielder, and he, he's been making all the plays in the outfield. He's he's had a couple of assists. He's made some diving catches. It's all kind of coming together for him. And it's going to be maybe a hard for him, like you said. He doesn't have a lot of name recognition, but you know maybe he's going to be considered for uh for you know the all-star stuff when that comes around yeah certainly a possibility there and mark when a team is having the kind of season that the reds are having and i think that you know that's obviously reflecting itself uh at the box office as the team is in the bottom three i believe in attendance in the national league how important is it to have a guy like an adam duvall like an eugenio suarez like a rysel iglesias who's currently hurt but young guys that you know you can market to the fan base and say you know what yeah times are tough we're not running away from it but here is the core of the future. Here are these guys that hopefully sooner rather than later is going to lead us back to prominence. Well, that's what they've been marketing. Uh, they, they kind of talked about this again, kind of alluding to what I said earlier. They prepared fans that this was going to be kind of a long year. Maybe they didn't realize it would be this long, but at the same time, they also kind of marketed it, hey, get in on, on the ground floor now while the rebuilding's starting and get to know some of the guys that you're going to be seeing for the next few years. Adam Duvall's name was not on that list of players they were marketing at first. He's definitely emerged as someone that people will want to see, but they were talking a lot about Suarez and, and about some of the pitchers that, that have, you know, like the Robert Stevensons of the world that will eventually be here, and, uh, and certainly Suarez. Now uh, you can certainly add Duvall to the list, and, and they have to hope that they can get some of these pitchers that they've been waiting on for a long time to – either get healthy or be ready to come to the major leagues, they can market a few more guys. And it's, it's a shame that uh, Duvall's emergence did not come uh, last year when he could have had an all-star spot when the game was in Cincinnati. We saw what Todd Frazier did last year. That was unforgettable. But if he's... Well, he secures... was traded, though. I'll, I'll, I'll stop you there. He was traded uh, in July after the all-star game anyway because he was part of the Mike Leach deal at the deadline. Oh, okay. So he wouldn't have been here anyway. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where he broke... You know, he didn't really have a lot of uh, avenues in San Francisco and... By coming to the Reds, he, he kind of was slow going, but when he got to the big leagues, a September call-up, he had five homers and showed some glimpses of what we might see this year. And, and uh, certainly, uh, if he gets a chance to go to San Diego, I'm sure he'd be thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. He has put it all together, at least uh, in the month of May. Hopefully that carries over, and he finds himself at uh, Petco Park in San Diego for the All-Star game in July. Uh, Mark, as we head down the home stretch here, as we discuss nearly every week, this team has been the walking wounded pretty much uh, from the word go in 2016. And now the injury bug has found its way into the broadcast booth. A longtime radio voice, uh, Tom Brenneman, is uh, going, I believe, is he the TV voice or radio? TV. I'm mixed up now. I know that uh, dad is one and son is the other, talking about Marty Brenneman, of course. But uh, as we try to get through that mystery, but nonetheless, Tom Brenneman, who has been 
long-tenured broadcaster for the Reds, is going to undergo surgery. A preventative uh, procedure is the way he put it. Uh, what more can you tell us, and how much time could he miss behind the microphone? Yeah, Tom has been struggling with his voice. I, I, not, I don't have any real extra details other than that. He, he, he's missed a bunch of games this year, and he hasn't sounded like himself on the air. And uh, it's something that definitely is concerning to him. And he's going to probably miss a few weeks. He, he, he kind of did joke that you know the, the Reds have had so many guys on the disabled list, and now they've added a broadcast to the disabled list. And uh, he was very touched by the outpouring of, uh, of, of support from the fans. And uh, he hopes to be back soon. In the meantime, they're going to have – uh, Jim Kelch uh, pick up a lot of games. George Grand is going to pick up some games. And Jim Day, who's normally the one on the sideline, uh, pre and post game host, is going to pick up some play by play as well. And uh, hopefully, Tom will uh, have a speedy recovery. We definitely wish him well. Absolutely, uh, one of the good guys in the industry, and and a guy that uh, you know almost anybody else would love to would kill to have a voice like his. Uh, he is synonymous with Reds baseball, and we hope that he has a very uh, easy procedure and a speedy recovery and a quick return to the broadcast booth, no question. Uh, Mark, final thing, uh, two more with the Rockies coming up beginning tonight on this Wednesday. Then it's back to Cincy for a long homestand, beginning with a visit from the Nationals and the return of Dusty Baker. Uh, how much fun is that going to be? I think it'll be interesting, and it will be fun. I'm curious to see what kind of reception Dusty gets. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of a polarizing figure, and they were winning all those games, but fans didn't seem to be all embracing of him at times, but then otherwise fans, some of them really did love him. And I think, I think people realized after he left what, you know, what, what was missing. He, I mean, no, no disrespect to Brian Price or anything like that, but, but Dusty is a special manager. And I think uh, fans are seeing that now as he's doing well with Washington. Uh, so I'm curious to see what kind of response he gets. I know that like one of the things I always noticed when I was covering him with the Reds is that he always had, people from the old teams that he covered come visit him, whether it was former Cubs players and Cubs writers or, or the Giants people. And now you have to add the Reds people to the list because I have no doubt that I'm probably head over to the Visitors Clubhouse to say hello. And I'm sure some of the players that uh, he managed that are still here uh, will be finding him for on the field to say hello. And uh, they, I know the guys that were that did play for him loved him. So uh, it'll definitely be an interesting three days. And I know Brian Price has a lot of respect for him too. So it'll be interesting to see those two managing against each other. Yeah, and, you know, there's always a few knuckleheads that are going to, you know, say or do something stupid in the crowd when, when Dusty Baker makes his way onto the field. But I think for the most part, it'll be a very warm, welcoming reception for the former Red Skipper Dusty Baker as he makes his return to Great American Ballpark with his new team, the Washington Nationals. Mark Sheldon, we appreciate the time on this Wednesday. As always, we'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.